You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast for casual weather conversation. I'm Castle Williams. And I'm Min Vaughn. On this week's episode, we're talking all about the tropical weather that's currently going on in the Atlantic and Pacific, but we're going to pay special attention to both 99L and Gaston. But first, what does the term 99L even mean? And then also, now it's Wednesday, August 31st, and 99L has turned into Tropical Storm Hermine. But we'll kind of dissect the overall transition from 99L and uh, all the pomp and circumstance behind the storm and, and what it is now and see if all the buzz was really uh, worth it. Then we will add to that buzz and see what kind of social media activity has been going on versus Gaston and 99L. Does Gaston have more tweets because it's a name storm? We'll find out. And then the National Hurricane Center, they're actually issuing a few new prototype products, including one involving storm surge. So we'll take a look at that. And also the threat for the Zika virus potentially spreading in Florida because of all the heavy rainfall. And then we'll finish up with a small discussion on the weather communication challenge of issuing hurricane and tropical storm watches when there's only a depression out in the Gulf of Mexico. That song of the week, personal life stories, and much more coming your way on Weather Hype. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need any wrong to know better Hello, hello, Castle. How's it going? Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> it's actually evening, <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. I always mess that up between afternoon and evening, but I guess it's... No, it's technically... I think evening starts after 6 o'clock, right? I always thought it was early evening, around 5, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the tropics are really picking up now, and they lots are. of uh, lots of tropical activity... We had Tropical Depression 8 off the coast of North Carolina uh, a couple of days ago. We had Tropical Storm Warning. And then I think um, Mike Seidel from the uh, Weather Channel, he was out there uh, on the Outer Banks. And he's like, yep, we haven't had a single drop of rain all day. <laughs> and so he was, <laughs> I was thinking, man, that might be the most boring assignment you've had for a uh, tropical system. Because other than rip current and maybe a few uh, squalls, there really wasn't any impact to North Carolina at all. But now the focus is shifting towards uh, 99L and, well, now Hermine, which I want to call Hermione so badly, but I can't. <laughs> I think everyone does, so you're not alone in that. Wingardium Leviosa. Also, I saw a change.org petition to change uh, Hermine to the whatever the gorilla's name was that got shot in Chicago Zoo. Uh, Harambe or something like that? Oh, that's in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, maybe it was Cincinnati, not Chicago. But... What? Yeah, they wanted to pay homage. By naming a destructive tropical storm after yeah. a gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. On no level did that make any sense. And also, <laughs> like to me, that just kind of invalidates all of what change.org is about. Because sometimes I just wonder, like who, who comes up with these petitions? And then who makes sure that they're actually even valid? 
because some things are like, yeah, you know, change.org petition to get Justin Bieber deported from America and go back to Canada or something. And I'm like, who cares? Like, if you don't like Justin Bieber, then okay, but you're going to really make a change.org petition. I mean, we have more important fish to fry here, you know? I think that's the point of change.org. Like, you have the freedom to start any petition. If they started looking at all the, like, the validity of every petition, then I'm sure there would be a petition to stop looking at the petitions. I'm all about the freedom, but I always thought change.org should be, you know, very like real justifiable, change. but yeah, real, not real change. Sounds like the Obama <laughs> campaign. Um, but you know, something serious, like things that really matter that would have a huge influence on our society, not a musician from Canada who's annoying and has an ugly haircut, you know, like who cares? But anyway. I digress, as always. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, so in tropical weather, we're talking about Hermine, which was formerly 99L, which was formerly Tropical Depression 9, right? So when they get that name 99L, what exactly is that? Is that when, and I know the answer, I just want to help guide the viewers and listeners, but um, when they have an invest area, the National Hurricane Center will, will give it like invest 99L or invest 98R or whatever. What do those numbers mean and how do they get those uh, those names anyway? Yeah, this was a question that I personally did not, I had never even heard of invest 99L or any of the 90s. So I had to immediately Google this. And then I posted the link on our Twitter page so that other people could see it as well. But basically, it's when the National Hurricane Center deems it important to start investigating a tropical wave or some form of tropical activity. So they'll start like paying attention to it and start looking at the spaghetti plots and the models and all the data. They'll start flying planes into this area to try and see uh, what's going to be next and what we can expect from this particular system. So then the labeling and the numbers, they start, they go from 90 Mm -hmm. and then it goes to 99. Yes. And then the L is for storms in the Atlantic and then the E is for storms in the Pacific. Correct. Right. So is there a reason why it's 90 to 99? They'll just do one, I, or two, three, I, four? I could not find any um, explanation for this. Because it seems like to me, if you're looking back at a really busy tropical season mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of invest 90, 91, 92, and you go through that number 90 through 99, and then you start back at 90, mm-hmm. it's like there's just that ambiguous, like, which storm are you talking about? The 90 at the beginning of the season or the 90 at the end? And... um. So it just makes sense to me that you don't have such a small range of numbers. You have a larger range. So when you look back at, say, 2016 or, you know, what other tropical year you're looking at, you don't have to kind of figure out which storm you're looking at, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And I guess that um, they've never had like nine or 10 investigation areas at one time because then they would start repeating over one another. And also, I guess, too, just because you have a tropical system, it doesn't have to have an invest to Correct. be investigated. It could automatically be a tropical depression. Right. Because mm-hmm. I never even, right. this is relatively recently, in my opinion, or from what I remember, even having invest 99s or 90s or whatever. I don't remember it seeing that five years ago. I don't know how recently they started the whole thing. I just remember it being like, oh, here's a tropical wave and it's going to turn into a tropical depression. Never thought, oh, we're going to give it an invest 99 name or whatever, and then call it a tropical depression after that. Well, the article that I pulled up to actually figure out what an invest was, was from 2012 from the Weather Channel. Okay. So it's at least four years old. Gotcha. 
Okay. Because they give that definition. But I think the issue is it's never really been a problem or something that's been brought up widely before. Yeah. I don't know why it caught fire so much, but it just became this trending topic and everyone was tweeting about it. Everyone was talking about it. All the experts. Man, things don't make sense sometimes. It's like, why did the, why is it viral? All these terms come out of nowhere? Like, haboob has been used a long time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people started talking about it. And then mm-hmm. you have um, that. Uh, uh, what was that cold dome thing? Yeah. How did I? How did we just forget that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then now sure there's like, um, you know, rain the bomb. The heat dome is also. Yeah, exactly. Too. Like these terms that we've known about in meteorology for quite some time now, we're like, oh, we have to explain to the public all over again what it is and the media is not using it correctly and we have to go clarify. It's just it's a hot mess. <laughs> and, you know, we've talked about 99L a little bit, but we want to kind of shed some light on the fact that the tropical season is extremely busy right now. I think I saw yes. on the um, a graphic showing that there are like 10 different areas of, of development that we're watching, including... Over in the um, Pacific Basin, they have Hurricane Lester, and then they have mm-hmm. Hurricane... What's the other one? Madeline. Madeline? Madeline? Is Lester the one that's going to hit Hawaii first, and then Madeline is following that? Madeline's first. Oh, Lester okay. Lester is gotcha. second. Yeah. So then Madeline's going to hit... Yeah, I want to see Madeline, too. Like, the French girl that lived in a hotel or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's Madeline. <laughs> if I could pull up this darn Forbes article, it, it won't let me because I have pop-up blocker on. <laughs> It's okay. I have it up okay. if you need me to um, talk about it. So, yeah, there are a bunch of storms going on right now. There's a new tropical wave that came off of the African coast, and it's kind of uh, Correct. going along the uh, middle Atlantic Ocean area. And then you have uh, Hurricane Gaston, which is the uh, strongest hurricane of the 2016 year so far. What, mm-hmm. what did it get up to, wind speed-wise? Um, I think I checked earlier today, and it was 110, 115. Okay. And then was it higher yesterday? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I just checked this morning, but I did learn a new term that it's called a fish storm. Yep. Have you heard that term mm-hmm. before? I had never heard that term. Yeah. Before. Fish storm is pretty much uh, a storm that just goes into the water and <laughs> it normally will come off of Africa, go westerly in that direction. And then it'll kind of curve due to the influence of uh, the Bermuda High or another system. And it will never really impact any land of any magnitude. Um, it might hit Bermuda. I'm not sure if, if it's Bermuda would be still right. be called a fish storm or not, but these storms tend to kind of just tail into the water and, and not really affect the uh, mainland United States or Caribbean. Yeah, it is pushing towards the Azores, so that might... Azores! They might see some impacts from okay. Gaston. Yeah, and um, we have, obviously, Tropical Depression 8, which I guess never really turned into a tropical storm when it was off the coast nope. of the Outer Banks of North Carolina. That's kind of just chilling. It's it's going up northeastward. Um, and then yeah, we're watching a bunch of different areas. And yeah, peak season for hurricane season is normally early September anyway. I think like the first or right. first week and a half of September. So it's not quite unusual that we're seeing so much activity. But when you look at a map, having had relatively, you know, not busy hurricane seasons, exactly this one yeah. is like, whoa. Kind of reminds us of uh, 2005 a little bit. Good times, good times. So with all these tropical systems that we're having... 
and some of them have names like Hermine or Gaston and some of them don't and also the fact that they transformed from like 99L into a name. Um, Castle, you did some analyses social media wise on what kind of name system gets the most attention, right? Depending on whether or not it has, has an actual name or a number. Exactly. Yeah. I, this was the perfect opportunity. I had a small in class project that I had to do for my survey methodology class. And so I was like, you know what, this is something crazy that's going on in Twitter and social media. So I was like, this will be the perfect opportunity. So we always talk about having like the importance of a name in risk communication. So we, after the Louisiana floods took place, there was a lot of buzz in the weather enterprise about when should we name something like should an emergency situation be named? Should we have named Louisiana flood to get more people interested or on board or willing to act? And so I thought this was a really good idea to kind of better understand the naming process and figure out does Hurricane Gaston, did it receive more attention on Twitter versus 99L? Before it was Tropical Depression 9, before it was Tropical Storm Hermine. So interesting results. Um, just to note, I had to use the hashtag Gaston because there was some stuff going on in South America involving, I believe, a soap opera or some kind of TV show. And so everyone was tweeting using the word Gaston. Um, so I couldn't use that as a keyword. So I had to use hashtag Gaston. And so that got 2,855 posts over two days. And those tweets reached 15,033,768 people. Um, on the opposite side, when you look at 99L, I use the keyword 99L because there was a lot of different hashtags. It was 99L, there was 99Invest, um, 99L Investigation. So there was a lot of different uh, hashtags. So I wanted to make sure and capture all those. Um, so the 99L had 4,760 posts and it reached 17,528,433 people. So this was only over a two day time frame. It was August 25th to 27th. Based on that information, just because Gaston was a name storm does not mean it necessarily received more attention on Twitter. And which is kind of interesting. You know, a lot of people. Anybody can post about these storms, but I have a feeling right. that these were used <laughs> more by weather savvy folks, right? And yes. from the get go, yeah, Gaston had a name, and people used that meme from um from Beauty and the Beast, or what? Yeah. Right. So, um, but then at the same time, everybody was focusing on 99L for so long after it came off the African coast. Everyone's like, "Yeah, that storm looks really scary. Like the model they're showing, it's gonna be really bad." And someone posted on Twitter earlier today, I think I saw, and it said um, 99L was like the biggest troll of the decade yep. because <laughs> uh, we were all waiting for it to happen. We're like, waiting, waiting. Okay, conditions look pretty good. Tropical Storm, no, no. Tropical Storm now? Nope, still not. And then finally they named it this afternoon. Yeah, It's been like nine or ten days. So yeah. And so... It's ridiculous. Does that... I don't know. Does, does that kind of show to people, I mean, aside from your social media experiment, which is really cool, mm -hmm. um, in terms of the forecasting aspect of it, we kept on thinking it should have been a tropical storm by now based on the um, conditions. Right. Does that mean that something happened and for some reason everybody was not wrong, but kind of like, were we all wrong <laughs> that it should have formed earlier on? I don't know. I don't know either. That's an interesting thought for me, though, to think that, yeah, we've come really far in hurricane and tropical weather forecasting, but um, everybody kept on saying, like, oh, the models are showing this, the models are showing that. And people have talked about how right. the uh, conditions have been a little bit more favorable here and there with some shear and, and stuff that's kind of taken the storm apart or not allowed it to develop fully. But 
I've just been really curious to see why it's been 99L for so long. And then people were like, yeah, should be a storm by now. And we thought it should have been a storm a long, long time ago. But long, a long, long time ago. And uh, it was not until today. Because we didn't know if it was going to get Hermine or they're going to compete and have like uh, Ian versus yeah, Hermine. Ian. But uh, we yeah. ain't got no I. We just got an H. And that's her. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, very, very interesting. But cool study, though. Um, it'd be great to to look at it even further in the future and, and see maybe a longer time period and do some, um, yeah. you know, p- comparisons between uh, multiple storms just to see. But yeah, social media is a great tool for uh, for research, definitely to see how people are uh, behaving, not behaving, but I guess like how their attention is turned towards certain things. Right. And I looked at a lot of other different characteristics and we'll definitely throw those up on the website. But I looked at also like media, what type of photos or GIFs or images are people tweeting with their tweets, as well as like demographic information, males versus females and how they actually shared the post. Did they retweet them or did they post them themselves? So a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, it's weird, too, because of how, you know, the people we follow on Twitter and the people who follow us back, um, mainly mm-hmm. meteorologists with, you know, different people sprinkled in there. But I always find that when a storm is like just starting off and it's they're able to, whether people or meteorologists will always try to be funny to like get yeah. likes or co- <laughs> like shares or something or retweets. I don't know, man. It's something about the weather community on well, Twitter. Like they're very sassy, but they're also very, um, <laughs> very aware of what they're doing. And I, I know like you're trying to get people to, to comment and like, and I don't know if, if they're just, uh, but we're just a bunch of attention craving folks or what but um i've I've noticed that and i mean not to say it's a bad thing necessarily but um <laughs> i was gonna say because we kind of did that <laughs> when i i woke up early when 99l was first formed no when hurricane gaston first formed yeah. and i woke up 7 a.m could barely read the screens so i didn't have my glasses on or my contacts in and i just sent off a tweet like let the gifts and memes begin and we got like 30 retweets and I was like, oh God, I'm adding to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's cool and funny and stuff too, but I always see people trying to be funny and it, it's great. But at the same time, like there's so much almost competition between meteorologists to be like, who can get the most likes and retweets and who can be the funniest yeah. here and there. And I almost wonder if that overshadows what you're supposed to do in terms of just getting straight up information out there. Like I'll be funny every now and then, but um, I want to make sure people are you know, turning to me if they do turn to me on Twitter for weather information, not necessarily um, just to be a goof. But there's nothing wrong with being a goof, I suppose. It's just something I, I kind of touched and picked up on, I guess. Well, maybe they do it at the beginning because they feel like that's their one time to go ahead and <laughs> get the funny stuff out there before they have to get serious and start spreading safety messages and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So maybe initially they're like Gaston memes and gifts and images and show his head like barreling towards the United States. <laughs> and it's almost like so we can get it out of our system. Joaquin Phoenix. I'm yeah. Like, oh my God, guys. Exactly. Calm down. <laughs> well, now that we've been talking about naming storms and the attention that name storms get the tropical depression nine which is now no yes <laughs> okay it's, three, it's two, even one. confusing you 
<laughs> the Tropical Depression 9, which is now Tropical Storm Hermine, last night was still a tropical depression on August 30th, Tuesday night. Yet the National Weather Service issued hurricane and tropical storm watches for the Florida coast. So this came as a shock to some people because it was uh, still a tropical depression, yet they were issuing these products. And so uh, Michael Lowry tweeted, um, I can't remember the last time we had a tropical depression with hurricane watch posted. Does this pose another weather communication challenge? And for those who don't know, who is Michael Lowry, by the way? Oh, okay. Michael Lowry is a hurricane specialist for the Weather Channel. And he used to work for uh, the National Hurricane Center, I believe. And then he also used to yes. work for uh, an emergency management, Florida, uh, Florida emergency, emergency management. management, I think. I think, yeah. yeah. So he's quite, he's got quite the credentials. And uh, yeah, he tweeted that out. And it's funny, though, because the Weather Channel asked that same question to the National Hurricane Center director, uh, Dr. Rick Nabb. Mm. And they said, do... You guys often issue a hurricane warning or hurricane watch, rather, um, when there's a tropical depression. And he said, yeah, they do that pretty often. And so I was kind of mm. confused by that because I think what he meant was we, we issue a hurricane watch for a tropical storm that is already formed. Yeah. And if you anticipate the tropical storm to, uh, to, upgrade. to upgrade potentially or be on yeah. the fringes, like a, a strong tropical storm with winds of like 65 or 70 miles an hour um, would totally warrant a uh, hurricane watch if you think it'll get to that strength. And the tropical depression, they think it will get to close to 65 miles an hour. So they're just mm -hmm. being you know proactive and giving a hurricane watch. But um, yeah, it was very interesting to hear that whole conversation. I was like, hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, Dr. Uh, Ricknab, but um, I think the idea, <laughs> though, is, yeah, do you think it poses a communication issue? For me, it makes me question what, how do people perceive these products to begin with? When they hear a hurricane watch has been posted, what do they think first? What type of hazards or impacts are that are going through their head? Like, are they solely focused on wind? Do they think rain? Like, what type of hazard is first? Yeah. Um, so my question is, since this is like major rain event for Florida, should they have issued more flood type products mm. to alert the public or individuals that this is more of a flood risk or excessive rain than perhaps whatever impacts or hazards are perceived by a hurricane watch or a tropical storm watch i mean i think people still to this day are always gonna say oh a hurricane's wind 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 but right. yes. um, unfortunately it is uh also a multifaceted kind of storm and it will have issues mm -hmm. with uh rain with tornadoes even i think there's a pretty significant not yes. significant but an elevated it's kind like of 50 percent chance i think yeah because of the um the shear pattern setting up over florida and southeast georgia mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a decent chance for isolated tornadoes to spawn up from any land falling storm but more so this one because of the situation that it's going through but um you know we, you bring up a good point of what is a threat and so how do you communicate what the main threat is going to be yeah flooding rain and heavy rain is going to be a huge threat they're expecting um, mm -hmm. upwards of uh, eight to nine inches of rain in the big bend area of florida they've gotten a ton of rain in that area over the past few months so um, that is probably not the most welcome thing that they want to hear but you know another big aspect of a hurricane is storm surge right mm -hmm. yep and we've uh, we've talked about that before and the national hurricane center they started issuing 
doing these potential storm surge flood maps. And I believe they started doing it last year or recently, pretty pretty recently. They show based on the um, strength of the storm and the direction and all the information that they can kind of assimilate into their uh, storm surge models. And they can kind of um, guesstimate in a way how much water will be on the ground and what areas would get flooded. So they're showing a map, an interactive map on the National Hurricane Center next to the advisories. And it kind of, you know, outlines areas that would flood and you can zoom in to pretty close to street level and see um, mm. what what places would get flooded. But it's very interesting to see that the map so people can get a better understanding of where do you live and what could potentially be the uh, flooding impacts from storm surge for your area. But what's new this year that I think is pretty interesting is they now issue a prototype storm surge watch and a prototype storm surge warning. And these products are prototype again. So they're not, they're being tested out in a way and kind of seeing how people um, react to them. But they are available online and you can see them next to all of the other products for um, watches and warnings and, and everything else too. But they wanted to kind of play it out and then um, they're going to probably implement it in the 2017 hurricane season but they wanted to Mm. see how it would do in this year and um just reading really briefly the storm surge watches and warnings are for life-threatening inundation from storm surge somewhere within the specified area within the next two days within the next 48 hours so um, they're getting the information out there which is cool yeah but then I guess, again, that social science aspect of me is thinking, <laughs> is this another watch warning? You know, is it too much? Are there just too many right. watches and warnings out there? When you get a hurricane watcher warning, then you'll say, okay, we have a storm surge watcher warning. Then we also have a flash flood watcher warning. Like, mm-hmm. is it just too much? I don't know the answer to that. But I think in my mind, because we have the storm surge watch warning product, I think it gives more credence to the real threat of storm surge. Right. Now we have a watch warning. People may take it more seriously hopefully and realize like yeah winds are bad but for the most part storm surge is the most destructive part of a tropical system no and i agree and this is kind of one argument or one argument towards like devil's advocate of the hazard simplification stuff i'm kind of worried that we may simplify so much that we're packing all these different products into one like for example a severe thunderstorm warning it has the potential to be hail it has the potential to be wind there's all different hazards that go along with it and so that's one of the things I fear is if we start packaging all these products into one product, then the threat is going to be kind of masked by all these other hazards or threats. Yeah, it's a toughie. I just... It is. People will be doing investigations on this for sure. But I think it's a good thing overall looking at it oh, right yeah, now. Me too. You know, so. I think that another problem that could arise though is if there's like a hurricane watch, there's a flood watch, and like this just gets added to the end. Do you think it would get added to the end? How does it, how does it fall on the hierarchy? I have no clue. I'm assuming fairly low <laughs> compared to the other things. Yeah. Oh yeah, tornado watch too. If you imagine that, right? So, <laughs> so if like this, if this one county has all these different things, how are they going to know which one to take priority towards? Do we shelter or do we get to higher ground? There's so many things being wrong. Oh, so man, I think, yeah. I could see hopefully, in the future, however long that may be, we'll be able to narrow down like to street level. Like, okay, this street is having issues with storm surge that is their number one hazard so that gets bumped up to the top and then yeah oh this 
okay. town across two towns over is really high probability for tornadoes. So let's bump the tornado watch to its number one priority. So I think like narrowing in spatially on where the different hazards are and then kind of focusing people's attention and hopefully actions toward those products. That could be interesting depending on how you implement that kind of system. Right. Because if it goes like directly to their phone and they can look at it from there, then yeah, that would be cool. But because things change so so quickly, and then I don't know if we have that ability to like maybe town by town or county by county, um, mm-hmm. but not like street level. Like, hey, you're on the street, you're gonna get flooding because then people are gonna talk to each other, right? And then they're gonna be confused, and then mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, oh, wait, why are you under? Uh, why is your tornado watch higher on the hierarchy <laughs> than you know? I don't know. If people are gonna talk about it like that, but it's just so many different complications than. Right. And we can only do the best that we can. But after a while, you know, I don't want to say that's all we can do. But after a while, you can't. There's almost no way we can right. tailor every single thing to every single person. But we can try. We can definitely try. And, you know, something that came up in terms of watches and warnings in the uh, North Carolina area. Uh, I'm in Greenville, North Carolina. We are in the inner banks of eastern North Carolina. And when that tropical depression was moving off of our coast and, and kind of uh, skirting our area, we had a hurricane statement that was released and one of my friends she mentioned to me like you know it's really frustrating because it's called a hurricane statement from the national hurricane center even though there is no hurricane that storm off the coast of north carolina earlier this week was not even close to a hurricane but it's called a hurricane statement which pretty much just tells people hey you know be careful beware like it's a cautionary kind of advisory probably like a special weather statement yeah exactly but but they called it hurricane statement and she was like as i you know on our website she's a broadcaster Mm. and on on the website it says hurricane statement and on the tv crawler at the bottom of the Mm. screen it'll say hurricane statement and so she's like i don't want people to think oh my gosh there's a hurricane coming and then look outside and and literally no drops of rain at all and then people be like oh wow survived another hurricane you know and then that whole complacency thing comes into play (laughs) blah 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 cry wolf effect but then it was interesting because when i put up my weather channel app they called it a tropical weather statement Mm, that's what i was going to suggest and so i think the weather channel like went in and changed it i don't know how they would have done that but the Wonderground app said hurricane statement and I was like wait Wonderground and weather.com or the apps are kind of under the same umbrella company so I I don't know what the algorithm is or what they do to change or manipulate it but it was the same exact text and information but the Weather Channel app said tropical weather statement and then the Wonderground app said hurricane statement and all the uh, TVs and and, uh, websites on local news said hurricane statement so interesting yeah another one of those uh communication struggles which i feel like we always find many many ones to talk about for the podcast in addition to all the communication errors or, or things that are flying around the florida governor rick perry he actually communicated the threat of zika and i think in a news conference he said you know we're gonna get a bunch of rain please do not allow any standing water to sit around your yard empty all of your buckets you know like Mm -hmm. all your uh leftover tires are kind of just sitting in the yard like don't let water collect in them and if they do just dump them out because you don't want to provide an environment for mosquito um, and larvae to develop because Zika is, you know, kind of a public health concern. It is. And I was actually having this discussion in our grad lounge today with some grad students. And we were talking about like all the different impacts that these tropical systems could actually have. They could work towards transporting the larvae up the Florida coast. There could be issues with like sheltering. If people that may have Zika, it could spread. I mean, there are endless things like people evacuating to other states, taking the Zika virus with them. So there's all kinds of different epidemiological challenges that arise 
surprise. So once again, weather is not off all by its lonesome. It's connected to things all over the place. Everything's always connected. You right though, you right. Da 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 da. So all this tropical talk that we've been uh, talking about, obviously. Tropical. Um, Castle, you went to a grocery store. Not for the I first did. time. Not for the first time. Oh, dang. <laughs> this is not one of those Castle does this for the first time stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that segment. Not time for that segment. Not quite. But you went to Publix, which if you don't live in the South, then you don't really know what Publix is. But the closest thing I can compare it to would be a Wegmans up north or maybe a um, not as organic Whole Foods kind of store. But they're based out of Florida, and they're pretty, uh, pretty big deal in in Georgia, and they actually have a few locations opening up in Eastern North Carolina. Um, oh snap! But uh, yeah, so you went to Publix, and something caught your eye. Yeah, so we're all about hurricanes and 99L and Gaston and all these things, and so I was shopping, and all of a sudden I see this little bitty sign that says plan ahead and it has a little icon of a hurricane and so i was like wow they're actually showing messaging to people and encouraging them to stock up on non-perishable items which i thought was really cool low-hanging fruit bro and so i wanted to find out more information so i went and talked to the manager at like eight o'clock in the morning i'm sure he loved chatting with me <laughs> and i was like so how long has it been like when do you do this and he's like we do it june to august no june to september and i was like wow i haven't seen it and i've been in here for three months so i feel kind of bad and he's like yeah we usually alternate between hazards so i thought that was interesting he said last year they were doing severe thunderstorms huh. so they can only pick and choose if they want to talk about they don't do it consistently right. every year yeah Huh. He said they do it. They've done it every year for the last five years, but he said they alternate hazards every year. Okay. Um, so I don't know how they choose that or who comes up with the messaging. This has happened before with other private companies, but I tweeted at Publix and I was like, this is so cool. I just want to chat with you. Like, you don't even have to come on the podcast. I just want to talk to you and then I can relay the information. And of course, they did the whole private company thing where they're like, well, since we're a private company, we can't talk about our policies or the way that we do things. The use. <laughs> <laughs> the huge. So I was very frustrated and I was like, well, fine. I was just trying to compliment you, but you, whatever. <laughs> well, we fine. have friends in uh, all sorts of places. So we might have to get somebody that we know that works at Publix, the, uh, get them to get the inside scoop on some details. And then we can, uh, have them as a, uh, <laughs> I don't know, as an informant <laughs> to, to the, to the cause. <laughs> I don't know. A correspondent. They can be the, Pri um, Edward private Snowden enterprise. Of <laughs> secret uh, nsa kind of stuff going on mother hype you didn't know what we were really about but actually we try to get it's all about the hard-hitting investigations right <laughs> but if you want more information you can go to publics.com backslash storm or if you have a Publix near you they have cool information brochures at the front of the store and they have a whole brochure about their plan ahead campaign yep and they have really good uh bogos buy one get one free things they so do at the very all the time uh, at the very front of the store so chocolate pretzels are often my favorite bogos pasta sauce is a pretty good goldfish bogo. goldfish is, goldfish is bogo. very constantly a bogo and also um fruit gushers too so Ooh. you can live up all your childhood snack memories from back yonder <laughs> days because public's got you got you covered yo so since i've been exploring grocery stores you've obviously been doing something that can meet that that expectation <laughs> so what have you been up to? man we are boring the crap out of our, our <laughs> listeners today 
Um, Visiting grocery stores. Well, no, well, I drove. Back. Well, okay. So first of all, an update on my health. Um, my colonoscopy came back okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, good, good to go. No, say. no polyps or nothing crazy, which is great. That's um, good. Drove up to Georgia or drove up from Georgia to North Carolina the day after. I was like super exhausted, but I started school uh, last week. So this is the second week of school, and uh, so yeah, it's been really busy getting all the stuff together for uh, for school and uh, taking classes and whatnot. But we had a department welcome back party with all of our faculty and the grad students Ooh. and stuff like that and my advisor brought hula hoops and she's like oh you can hula hoop and i'm like uh no <laughs> i can't hula hoop i, I really uh, can't and I, I was okay so everyone was watching me and they're like hey do it and i was like okay i'm not gonna be the debbie downer of the party and be like no i'm not gonna hula hoop so i went ahead and hula hoop and it sure enough it like fell to my feet in like half a second Aww. it was bad um but then like out of curiosity my friend was doing it like maybe an hour later and so i was like oh, i guess i can try it again and for some reason i just was gyrating my body in such a great way <laughs> and and uh, it just kept on it just kept on going the hula hoop just kept on spinning around and I was hula hooping for a good like 20 25 seconds and I was like oh I mean and I just kind of just grabbed it and stopped it because I didn't want to like show off anymore but I was like wow I could actually hula hoop I did oh not know gosh. that and so my advisor was like give me a high five and everyone was like yeah like way to go um my other friend Marla she's from uh she's also from Georgia by the way she's a grad student here she could hula hoop really well and then my other friend uh Shadane uh he's from Jamaica he can hula hoop pretty well too so the three of us are just crushing it out there and uh <laughs> apparently all you have to do is just gyrate your body in the right way like just mm-hmm, move it around <laughs> and then uh i was even hula hooping and walking so like i was like kind of hula hooping with moly. it going around me and i was like kind of running at people like attacking them <laughs> like i'm coming wow. to get you and the hula hoops just like spinning around me and i'm like hitting them with the hula hoop it was kind of strange but kind of fun. so were you were you spinning clockwise or counterclockwise uh i was spinning counterclockwise spin my body like a cyclone <laughs> Wow. That was pretty good. I mean, we have been talking about tropical storms and they do. I know. That's why I brought that in. That's why I brought that in. (laughs) See, everything that we talk about is somehow (laughs) relevant. Somehow relevant. Uh At least we pick and choose what's relevant. Actually, I didn't really think that would be relevant, but now that we brought that out, booyah, killing it. I can't get over the word gyrate. It's just, (laughs) it's such a funny word. At least it's not moist. <laughs> moist gyrations so we can just say that tropical storm hermine is gyrating counterclockwise oh my god <laughs> it's gyrating towards the coast <laughs> it's gyrating towards florida's big bend oh lord the big just... bend and snap <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! Alrighty. Oh goodness. So hey, uh, I guess we should uh, move on to la musique. What's your song of the yes. week this week, Castle? My song of the week is "Starving" by Haley Steinfeld and Gray, featuring Zed. I'm pretty sure I heard this song a while back when her EP came out, and so as soon as I heard it on the top charts list, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this," and it's so good. And I've been playing it on repeat for um, the past week, so it had to be my pick. I think I heard it on um, that Spotify playlist that uh, either you mentioned to me or somebody else mentioned to me i didn't quite grow on it quite yet but i think it'll it seems like all the songs you pick i've listened to them but i don't like them immediately yet but i'm going to like them more um uh my song of the week is is not the one i'm about to say but chris our friend and you picked up on um carly ray jepson's new song what's it called again emotion b or something emotion side b yeah and it's very poppy but it just reminds me of a song that came out i guess the idea is to make it sound like the 80s 90s kind of pop 
or like yeah. early 2000s kind of pop but that doesn't really i can't dance to that like you just sit there and you like bob your head but like what do you do to it like i, I it didn't really do anything for me so you're picking that song no 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 i just i just happened to mention it because it being like oh. songs that they haven't grown on me yet but people have been raving about them and so i'm, I'm okay. kind of wondering what am i missing out on or what am i missing I in know. general i don't know i haven't listened to it enough to be on board one way or the other yeah um but i do like the first song on the album which is uh hang on let me find it while you're doing that i guess i'll do my actual song of the week we're just giving you a bunch of songs this week apparently um last time i said alessia cara this time i will also say alessia cara again i oh lord i don't know she would be oh lord what's wrong with her you've just been on alicia cara you're not even saying her name right i know i know i slaughtered it since it came out of my mouth talking about some madeline hurricane Uh, madeline how do you say say it alicia alicia alessia 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 cara I mean, I'm probably saying it wrong too. Who knows? But um, that's what I've heard. And, and I've heard her say it like, it's Alessia Cara, like on the radio, you know, they oh, say their names. Gotcha. But yeah, her song, um, Scars to Your Beautiful, is a very uh, uplifting song about, you know, loving who you are. And, and, you know, that kind of message is always important to hear, even though people have been doing that kind of song with those type of lyrics for a long time. But her mm. voice is really beautiful. The lyrics are great. And um, whenever I feel like I'm not having a good day and I listen to that song, I actually feel a lot better about it, about myself. Oh. So well, that's good. Yeah, because uh, I've been not having some great days. <laughs> it's nice to, to have music uh, kind of motivate you and inspire you a little bit and lift you up when you're not feeling so great. So did you find the name of the song? Yes, the name of the song is First Time. First Time what? It's just called First Time. It's on the first, it's the first song on her album, Emotion Side B. So since you had a song of the week that you hated, I get to have a song of the week that I hate. Oh my God, we're well. going to bore the crap out of the listeners. <laughs> Like, <laughs> okay, it's called it's called Broccoli, and it's by D R A M and Little Yachty. <laughs> it's called Broccoli. Yes, the, it's okay. It called, oh, I don't know. I can't. okay. Hold on, hold on. Nope, we gotta break that out. <laughs> I don't. I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's it's a I I haven't been able to listen through the whole song because I just can't. That's that bad. But like the the first five seconds are amazing, and so I was so pumped. And then it started rapping, and it was like f this, and and I was just like, you know what, I can't handle broccoli this. that and okra this and <laughs> eat your vegetables that. <laughs> Is this for the veggie tales? <laughs> Oh no, gosh. they could not have this song. It would be the children would just be in shock. <laughs> Their mouths would just be open. The children. Like, <laughs> the children. Speaking of which, uh, I did not realize that Veggie Tales was like a Christian cartoon until a very long yeah, time. I didn't really? realize it like when I was younger. But then also, yeah. um, I remember randomly sitting in like a Sunday school classroom or something. <laughs> And they had a TV show with a cartoon on, and it was like Salty the Bible or something. It was like a walking and talking Bible. It was very strange. And he was salty? (laughs) I don't know. I just remember it being called like Salty the Bible. Let me look it up. Okay, I look up. Salty? Oh, okay. Salty is spelled P-S-A-L-T-Y. Like like Psalm. Psalm? Yeah, like Psalm, but Salty. Salty. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Salty the Singing so- Songbook. Okay, uh, so I didn't completely did make it. that up. All right, I'm glad I wasn't completely insane. <laughs> um, yeah, oh so that's the gosh. thing. But anyway, I don't know. I would not have called it Salty. I would have used maybe another <laughs> pun from the Bible. <laughs> <You're> salty? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I think we need to end this podcast. We do, we do. <laughs> um, so, friends and family slash strangers that we may not know, um, you can find us in a lots of places. <laughs> I was going to say variety, a- a but I wanted, to, I wanted to change it up. Um, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I should say it in a different language next time. I'm going to do that. Okay. Um, anyway, you can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weather. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Sorry, I couldn't remember which ones you just said, so I just guessed. <laughs> I say the same ones. <laughs> I know. That's why I just assumed it was Twitter. Okay. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, weather and hype. Or send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. And uh, we've gotten a couple of cool reviews on our uh, podcast. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, we have. So feel free to leave us a, a review on iTunes. Uh, and Google Play, I think we're trying to figure out how people can do that. Because we had a question from right. a listener and they didn't know how to do that. I don't know if anybody else knows how to do that. But we will try to figure that out if it's not as easy as it seems. And we appreciate if, it. If you do know how to do it, just send us a tweet or a direct message or an email and let us know so that we can share it with our other listeners. Yes, please. Yeah, and, and feel free to talk to us. We are a friendly bunch of folk. And then also, I guess next time you hear from us, we will have been in uh, Norfolk, Virginia for the National Weather Association Conference. So right. if you happen to be going there and you listen to us, then uh, feel free to you know mention us on Twitter or like contact us and we will uh, love to meet up with you. Yeah, that would be awesome. It would be. Yes. It would be. Well, I guess until next time. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have to do that. How could you forget? That's our shtick. Yeah. Well, you forgot what websites I said. So, yeah. I like how we originally were like, no, this is just a placeholder. And now (laughs) we do it every time. Oh, my gosh. All right. Until (laughs) next time. Until next time. Stay stay hyped. Speaking of which, something random. I had the Speaking weirdest dream last night. I had a dream what? that I had a bunch of puppies in my apartment. And for some reason, I like just beat the crap out of one of them and <gasps> just threw them against the wall. And that's oh not like gosh. me because I love animals so much. And so I don't know where that dream came out of. But like one puppy just straight up died. <gasps> and it was like blood everywhere. Holy sh- Yeah. And then I had like 15 puppies like they were chilling. I loved all of the rest of them. So I don't know why I took my anger out on the other one. But I was just very confused by that dream. I have a psychological perspective to offer. <laughs> but no, please don't you. attack me because you hate when I do this. I but, do. But go ahead. But my interpretation of your dream is you may have certain facets in your life that you do not care for. Thus, those were the puppies that you beat up versus there are other parts of your life that you love. So I only hurt and killed one puppy. But Okay, well, um, then there's one aspect of your one life that you're One big thing in my life. With. Well, yeah. how do you how do you come to that conclusion, Miss Cleo? <laughs> how did I come to that conclusion? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking like about your situation and how your dreams may be creating, oh, okay. based on what your life experiences is and what your emotions are. So I didn't know if there was like this like you know standard template of dreams where like there are a bunch no. of whatevers and then one of them gets murdered by you and then the other ones no. survive and then you're like <laughs> there's like a reading card that you pull out of your little stack and you're like well this means that <laughs> okay yeah. i was taking a psychological perspective not like a mysticism <laughs> perspective i didn't just become a Rest medium or something you know she died right i know it's so sad. she died like a month ago i think yeah sad day Sad day. Sad day. Well, at least we still have Raven.
That's so raven. It's a future I can see.